I do our kid. Anybody else that listens, Dan Clark from podcast. No introductions. Which is really going to confuse anybody that's like new to this podcast. But what can I do? Listen to some old ones, you'll get the drift. We've had a bit of a drought in the, the UK. Rivers are like low. And when I say low, I mean dry. Like dry, dry. You can like ride a mountain bike down them. But we have a thing called social media. And social media has been godsend hasn't it because you can see people having the time of their lives in the himalaya europe america and you can see what they're doing some lucky devils of leaving the uk and exploring you know the uh, british university's kayak expresses in borneo at the moment i believe which is really cool there's people charging big waterfalls in first sense in norway that's brilliant. People in like America and Alaska. People doing the rounds in the Alps. Alps are the low water season as well, so let's not get uh, too hung up on the Alps. But people doing amazing things. For me, having spent so much time in the Himalaya, I'm seeing the people I mentored grow from adolescence into adulthood and paddling rivers that were sort of the habitat of the, of the tourist and they're now making a living on these rivers. And that's an amazing thing. You know, social media's giving us that. Obviously, we have a FOMO, don't we? Fear of missing out. But that's okay. I mean, this is the longest with COVID and I've had no passport for a while. Uh, a choice of my own. Nobody else's. Uh, a conscious choice to not actually go travelling, uh, take a, a season off which has got implications for the environment, but that's not really the case. It's just a personal choice to sit out and explore the UK. But that's all good because the new passport is coming soon and trips back to the Himalayas are coming, which is really, really good. I'm pretty excited, really excited. Uh, and it's, it didn't dawn on me until today how excited I was when I ended up speaking to random people in car parks uh, after a session on the Tees Barrage. Now, the Tees Barrage, for those that are not aware, is an artificial course with an Archimedes screw that sort of backs up at the tide and has plastic blocks and concrete and sunken lights and dubious depth. And I've always been a little bit of a you know, naysayer for artificial courses. I live next to the Nen, Northampton. Neen. Neen or Nen, depending on which side it really are. I lived close there for a while. And uh, that's really shallow as well. And I worked on a course over uh, Wadi Adventure in the Middle East. Trailing. So still, I love the trailing. Bit of an essay on it because obviously it's damn controlled and it flooded a village for that. So it's got its own sort of social issues, hasn't it? But the tea's barrage anyway. Let's go into that. Concrete, plastic. Yeah. Not why I go paddling. I go paddling to explore, and that's not a place to explore. It's a horseshoe with a conveyor belt, a horseshoe feature with a conveyor belt. But what it is good at, and it's really good at, places like that, like Nottingham, the same, Lee Valley, but what they're really good at is they're like wet gyms, aren't they? So they're really good for you to practice your skills in a relative safe environment. You know, you can do your eddies turns, you can surf your waves. You can practice your white water or you can do your breaking breakouts. And they're all relatively safe. 
you know, it's manageable, isn't it? It's like a managing, managed risk. What people don't do on these courses, I don't do very often. I'm not saying they don't do it, they don't do it very often. Especially in the horseshoe shaped courses, is they don't chase boats as often as I'd like to see uh, because boats end up in a flat pool at the bottom. So, but Cardiff's the same, I think. But uh, people tend not to, you know, chase boats as often as they should get boats to the edges. I mean, it's quite difficult sometimes because you've got a concrete side and very canalised. But people don't chase boats as often as they should. People do not use river signals, I've noticed, on artificial courses in my time. People tend to hurtle down the middle. I mean, it's not that wide for most of these courses, you know, there's no necessary right and wrong way, right and wrong way to to run the course. I mean, there's a way that's going to keep you dry and a way that's going to get you wetter, isn't there? But people tend not to use river signals. So people don't chase boats as often as they should. People don't, use, people don't scout mid, mid paddle. They might scout before, they might walk the course. But they tend not to scout a blind bend. Very few people I've noticed over my time uh, tend to paddle on outside of bends to give themselves a line of sight. Line of sight seems to be a bit of a, a missed skill on these whitewater gyms, for want of a better word. Similarly, uh, people surf waves when there's downstream traffic. Happens on all rivers, but people tend to sort of blink at it a little bit on. Uh, artificial courses. Downstream traffic's got the right way, gang. You know, I surf the waves, you know, I can surf waves all day long, sit sideways and pretend I'm in a 1990s rodeo, but just keep looking upstream, because upstream guys can't stop and you can get out of that wave and off that hole or whatever. Right, enough of that, really. Let's go back to me being all excited in the car park talking to people. Well, I am. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm excited that I'm going to go travelling again you know, in the in the Himalayas when the when the time allows. And I've got some plans. Uh, and there's a bit of a fire burning, some embers of a fire burning for some plans. And I'm, you know, I'm sat in a car park chatting today and talking about the trips I've done over the last few decades. And it's nice to have these memories. It's nice to have these stories. But they, they mean very little. Obviously, they mean a great deal for my development in the sport and the people and the journeys I've shared with people. But I'm not convinced that actually on a, a greater picture, that doesn't mean much, you know. You know, some of the stuff, first sense of stuff sort of matter to the to exploration of those rivers, but speak to somebody in the local co-op when they buy the loaf of bread, they don't give monkeys, do they? You know? So in that car park on this artificial gym, you know, honing my skills, took me back to my other sort of outdoor passion. And I, I hate talking about it. Well, I don't hate talking about it. I hate doing it. And that's running. I do a lot of trotting about. Uh, I tend to wear my trainers out in about 12 weeks. So that's a lot of trotting, isn't it? And uh, what I really want to talk about is overreaching. And I guess it brings us back to, you know, not being able to get out waves when downstream traffic's coming, not knowing your signals, not looking at line of sight, etc., etc. It's not over. Like, I run ultras now. Yeah, okay, I'm a vegetarian, I run ultras, I'm teetotal. Should have mentioned that at the start of this podcast, because that's what people like me tend to do. You know, because obviously we have to prove we're superior to everyone else. 
but you'd never dream of like entering an ultra event if you'd never done a park run for example if you couldn't run 5k then you wouldn't sell it to 50 would you i've never done a park run but i've done 5k do 5k most days and sometimes i do a 50 or 100 and it makes me cry a little bit but it's about overreaching isn't it overreaching you put your you know you'd literally put the footwork in put the leg work in in order to get to that distance I see people kiking on these artificial courses using the, and they are just wet gyms without the core skills and I've seen it on a lot of different courses and I see it in a lot of places because they're seen as relatively safe and the minute they get onto a real river with water levels that obviously change week after week because of rain flow in the winter there's no first aid station at a centre you know there's no cow pool to collect boats in you know let's for example you take a swim on the Ogwin you're going to pull your boat out in the ocean if you don't chase it to the bank are you you know if you're not having line of sight you may as well it might get into it, an issue you know if you can't make your eddies you know you can't do the outside of the bend and see what's going on you can't eddy hop properly so positives these wet gyms great things wet gyms artificial courses great things for coding those skills if people remember to hone those skills and not everyone does because they see it as oh it's dead safe i don't have to do that stuff but you kind of do that's the whole point of it you know these facilities are there to hone your skills but you got to play the game you can't omit skills i mean how many people paddle an artificial course with the throw line in the boat see it a lot on the train yeah with throw lines and I think that's a little bit different because it's a natural river that's been modified, shall we say. So people do tend to edit up a lot more. People do tend to use river signals a lot more. Even if it's just a nod and a wink. People do tend to scout more. Don't see it in the concrete ditches. But maybe people do that on, you know, as they walk down the river. You know, maybe they do it before they get on memorize it i don't know what i've seen the dirt airbags put airbags in your boats sorry off at a tangent then my dog walked up the steps confused me yeah air, put airbags in your boats really important and uh just don't be foolish don't be selfish as well uh, lots of paddlers are selfish we've all fallen into that selfish game you're surfing the way you ride your life you're not looking upstream person running upstream a bit nervy nervy and uh they can't get around you and they clatter into you they're upset you're upset keep an eye out it's not the end of the world if you've had to peel off your wave it might be the end of the world if you end up with a boat in your face and you lose your front teeth all right it's dead quick podcast it's 10 11 minutes you know it's all good uh just to remind again that these podcasts cost money, and that's what I'm talking about. The, 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 come on, get my teeth in. This podcast costs money uh, for me to host every year. And to do that, I set up a Buy Me A Coffee, which you can, it's called Buy Me A Coffee. It's really just me begging for money, a couple of quid, and uh, you can go and link it and buy me a coffee. It's a virtual coffee, which has got nothing to do with my coffee company, which some of you know about, which is Dirt Canyon Coffee. And uh, that's a good little plug, that, isn't it? So I've got my own coffee company. 
Uh, so I've got Purely Expeditions running trips to the Himalayas, which is really cool. And I have Dirt Canyon Coffee, which Fox Coffee. I sell decaf as well for people that aliens or something. I don't know. I don't know what it means to drink decaf ever, but I do decaf. Uh, so Dirt Canyon Coffee, uh, but buy me a coffee as well. Buy me a coffee is like where how I fund the podcast. So if people want to do that, that'd be ace. But also, this is quite nice and exciting, is on the Buy Me A Coffee, you can pay for a Zoom trip planning session, which is really cool. It's 55 quid. And I'll talk you through how I perhaps go about planning trips, big expeditions, little expeditions. If you're planning your own trip, your first trip, how you can go about doing it, what options you've got. So if you're planning a trip with mates, so you know you're not going with a provider, but you want a little bit of a advice or someone to just signpost stuff for you, buy me a coffee. Link's gonna be put in the socials. Excuse me. <coughs> Link's gonna be put in the socials. So you can have a look at that as well. There's also coming up this year a number of talks Woo! yeah number of talks there's a couple of talks going off about you know a couple of decades in the himalayas which is stories and the tales told that i've told us lots and lots of times uh, if you've never heard them they will feed there's some of the stories feature on the podcast but it's like a a stand-up show if i do it in front of an audience with good jokes you know and uh well, I say good jokes, reasonable jokes. Unless not even reasonable jokes, quite poor jokes that I've stolen from people, I would imagine. So there's talks about Himalaya trips. There is also a, a talk about mental health, which if people wish to discuss mental health, especially men, because we're rubbish at this stuff, guys. We are really, really rubbish at discussing mental health, mental wellness. And I'm more than happy to come to a club or come to a pub and we'll do a talk on it. And we'll signpost services that can help people. One of those services that can help people is Black Dog Outdoors. Uh, I volunteer my time as a uh, member of staff, for want of a better word. Uh, and last weekend, I was on Ballet Lake. Now, I've not had Ballet Lake very often. And we introduced people on a well-being, well-being, wellness, words like that, day, and we had open canoes, and we had certain tops, certain top kayaks, and we went out for a few hours on the lake, and it was ace, you know, train festival, all excited, just up the river, but that's not really my jam, hanging out with a lot of people, partying, not my jam, hanging out on the lake with people that maybe have never been in the world before or scared of water or I've got stuff going on you know anxiety depression maybe panic attacks and be loads of stuff going on and they just need some time to explore because we all know that exploring an adventure is good for us you know should be prescribed shouldn't it your doctor should prescribe getting out and about so that was an amazing amazing day black dog outdoors check them out Right, that's another four minutes, which I didn't want to talk about. But anyway, thanks for listening. Dead quick, dead brief. People have got loads of questions. I had loads of people ask me questions today on the river. 
which was really nice. And I get questions pretty much daily on my messenger socials. Uh, but don't be scared of banging them in the podcast. Uh, and I'll try and answer them in the future podcast. I might be quiet for a bit. The reason this one's not exciting as well is because I was sick. You know, I was puking up blood the other day. Uh, I think I'd overdone it on a jog, jog a log. So I'm still playing catch up on that, really. But I, oh, that's another thing. And another thing before I sign off. Uh, did anybody read my Topo article? Yay! Somebody did. I read it, I read it. Oh, cheers. Uh, yeah, I did a Topo article for a magazine about the cult of the Eskimo Topolino. And I got so excited, I was like a little kid because my pictures of me and my Topo are on the same page as Sean Baker and his Topo. And Sean was one of my paddling heroes. And I've just shared a magazine page with him. So I must have made it in the sport. You know, it makes me feel quite proud of myself, really. Right, on that note, I'm off. I've rattled on for 17 minutes and I didn't mean to. Sorry, guys, but if you're busy driving your car to work, you're probably there now. And if you're, you know, on a train, then I hope you can hear me over the tele announcements, and that's cool. And if you're just genuinely wasting your day, then I hope I've made it a little bit more pleasurable, which is probably unlikely. It's probably got a damn sight worse since you turn this podcast on. Right, anyway. Tulip pips, have a cracking one. Bye bye.